Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Credit Agents Podcast. If you learned anything new, give us a like, a follow, and share. Thank you so much. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Before we get started in today's video, don't forget to join our free Facebook community, get real answers to real credit questions, learn from some of the experts in our industry, as well as from other people that are in similar situations that are taking advantage of the free content, improving their credit and making their credit situation better. Hope to see you guys on the inside. So just about how long will it take to improve your own credit? We're gonna talk about a couple of variables that you need to know about so you can overcome them in advance as much as possible and set some really good expectations for you so you kind of know just a good idea of roughly how long is it gonna to take to see some real credit progress. I'm Joe Chaparria, and this is another episode of The Joe Credit Show. about what kind of obstacles could get in the way and make the credit repair process a little bit longer than it really needs to, there's really three main variables that we're going to talk about today. Number one is going to be your personal life. So what you got going on, you know, on your personal side, which I get it, everybody's busy, but, you know, not being able to really carve out a good amount of time to give your credit the amount of attention that it really needs. We're going to talk about the repair goals. So when we talk about credit repair or, or repairing your credit, really we have to define what does repair mean to you? Because for certain people, repair could mean you know multiple different things. So we're going to talk about that because that does have an influence in terms of when are we done with the repair process. And uh, lastly, we're going to talk about the dispute time. So when you're disputing items on your credit, when you're building credit, certain things take a certain amount of time. So we're going to unpack that a little bit more as well. All right. So first, let's unpack repair goals. So the word repair, like I said, can mean a variety of different things. It could be a certain score. So you have a certain number in mind and maybe it's just kind of like a peace of mind or just a self of self-accomplishment kind of thing that you reach a certain goal. For some folks, it's gonna be that the score allowed them to do something like buy a house or get a really good interest rate on a car or get access to, to credit lines for their business, things like that. So the term repaired, it's kind of, you know, kind of open to the consumer. It's basically dependent on what your individual goals. And so I wanna talk about that a little bit more and kind of break down you know, what, uh, you know, roughly how long it may take to reach a certain score, how long it may take to get a mortgage, a car, things like that. Because when we're talking about how long is it going to take to improve your credit, you know, got to have an end goal in mind and then just kind of reverse engineer it from there. So let's unpack that a little bit more. So let's start off with buying a house. So to buy a house, you're going to need a mortgage. This is basically a loan offered to buy a house. And so mortgage loans have different credit score requirements, really just depends on the loan. And before we dive into the different types of loans that are out there, it's important to understand what score model that the banks and the lenders are going to be using when it comes to determining if you can qualify for a mortgage loan. And the score model or version, if you will, that the banks are going to be using is going to be called FICO Mortgage. These are some of the older versions of FICO, FICO 2, 4, and 5. And it's a specific score that mortgage lenders use. So it's basically known as FICO 
mortgage. And to find out what your FICO mortgage scores are, there's really only one website out there that actually provides mortgage scores, auto scores, FICO eight and nine scores. And this company or this website is gonna is basically myfico.com. Now we don't, you know, get a kickback from from them, or we don't get any kind of affiliate, uh, you know, rewards for recommending. I wish we did because we do like my FICO a lot. They're a really good service, um, but you can go to their website, check them out. It's really, like I said, the only website that I know of, and I could be wrong, but you know, as far as being in the industry for for nearly a decade. This is the only website that's out there that I know of that will provide your mortgage scores, auto lender scores, credit card scores, eight and nine scores, all your different FICO version scores that you're gonna need to obviously know when you get ready to, to make a major purchase like a house or, or a car. So that's the score model you're gonna wanna pay attention to, your FICO mortgage score when it comes to a house. And the score minimum that most lenders wanna see, for the most part, kind of like the, the baseline is a 580 FICO mortgage score. Most lenders that do loans from 580 to about 619, um, these are typically gonna be like FHA loans or VA loans, maybe even a USDA loan for like rural areas. Usually conventional loans want, want a higher score requirement, but for your most common FHA, VA, USDA loans, um, lenders that do mortgages for people that have credit scores below 620, so like 580 to 619, um, usually they're gonna have a stricter debt to income ratio requirement, so you can't have a whole lot of debt. And if you need help with down payments, so if down payments is gonna be one of the challenges you may face when it comes to buying a house, um, usually you don't get any kind of down payment assistance until you get your credit score you know, much higher than, than, than that. Uh, which brings me to the next, uh, the next loan product, which is gonna be you know, lenders that do uh, FHA or VA loans with credit score minimums of 620. Uh, FICO mortgage score and above. So 620 mortgage scores can get you in the door for a VA loan, an FHA loan, and even a conventional mortgage depending on the lender. Now, most lenders do fall here. This is kind of what I call the sweet spot for most mortgage lenders. Mortgage lenders would typically want to see at least a 620 FICO mortgage score and above to, to really be effective and, and help out the vast majority of people. That's kind of the sweet spot for them. Um, the debt to income ratio requirement can be a little bit higher. A lot of lenders can go up to about 55, maybe 56% on the debt to income ratio, especially for, for an FHA loan. And then down payment assistance programs typically kick in right around here, 620 and above. If someone is needing some help with some down payment assistance, usually that's the score you wanna, you wanna meet, about 620 or, or, or higher. And then if you're looking for a conventional mortgage, maybe it's an investment property, or maybe it's a bigger property, maybe it's a house in the $400,000, $500,000 range, or maybe even higher than that. Usually FHA you know, has limits. So usually FHA mortgages kind of cap out at about 340, 350, somewhere in there. And so for, for you know, a higher price home, you're gonna typically need to get a conventional mortgage. And I would say the sweet spot for a conventional, I know I said 620 a little bit earlier, and that typically can get it done, but a lot of lenders that do conventional, conventional loans typically want to see about a 680 or, or higher um, and so when it, again when it comes down to reverse engineering it right what does repaired look like for you to be trying to get a mortgage you know 620 for the most part if you're trying to get an fha or a va loan but if you want to get a very good interest rate on just about any loan when it comes to a mortgage 
680, maybe even 700 and above will pretty much unlock just about every loan program that's available to you. And it's just a matter of, you know, what the down payment options are available and what the what the debt to income ratio requirement is going to be. But credit score wise, 680 and above is going to be kind of where you want to be. Okay, so now let's talk about auto loans. So if you're repairing credit because you want to get a good interest rate on a vehicle, you want to pay close attention to this. So for auto lenders, auto lenders are typically going to be using the FICO score version or FICO auto score, which is normally going to be anywhere between like a FICO 4, 5, or maybe even a 9, but there's going to be the tailored industry version, which is known as FICO auto. And there are banks that offer what's called like subprime loans. And so if you ever you know, bought a car at a dealership and your credit wasn't the greatest, you probably got a subprime loan, probably from a, from a, from a, like a secondary uh, financer like Santander or uh, you know, Westlake Financial, maybe another one. And uh, they typically will do loans as low as 500 credit scores. And the interest rate on them may not be the greatest. You're typically looking at, you know, double digit type of interest rates anywhere between like 10% on the low side up to about 29% and on on the high side. But if you're really wanting to get a very good interest rate on a, on a car payment or on an auto loan, the credit score you want to shoot for is about a 620 FICO auto score. And not only that, but you more than likely want to get with a local credit union. Credit unions are historically going to be the most competitive when it comes to auto loan interest rates. And so not only do you want to make sure your score, your FICO auto score has reached 620 with all three bureaus or, or better, but you want to make sure you contact a, a local credit union you know, get pre-approved for auto financing and use their financing, take their financing with you when you go car shopping. And so, you know, the dealership says, hey, use our lender, probably try to avoid that because obviously they get a little kickback from, from using their lenders. So, you know, they, they may, you know, the interest rate may not be as good compared to what the, the credit union is offering. So just make sure you take your, your credit union financing with you. But again, when it comes to you know, repairing your credit, what does the end goal look like? If the end goal is to get a good interest rate on a car, 620 FICO auto score or better and getting what the credit union is gonna really help you accomplish that. All right, now let's talk about lines of credit. So if you're trying to get approved for some credit cards, whether it's personal use or even for your business, if you have a company, there are some credit score you know, minimums you wanna reach before you start applying for some credit cards. Now there are some subprime credit card companies like Credit One Bank and Capital One that will issue an unsecured credit card if your credit score is typically above like 580. Now the credit limit's gonna be probably on the lower side of things, but you can in fact get approved for an unsecured credit card uh, through one of those, those institutions or even any other ones that, have, uh, that, that deal with low credit scores. But usually what I'm seeing is about 580 and above on the FICO, I wanna say FICO 8 score, FICO 9 score. Those are the newer versions of FICO and it's typically what most credit card companies will be using. Now, when we're talking about prime credit cards, like, you know, well-known banks, large credit limits, you know, I'm talking about Apple, American Express, um, which Apple, by the way, is Goldman Sachs, um, Chase, City, Wells Fargo, et cetera. You know, the, the score you want to be shooting for when it comes to these, you know, more well-known banks and higher type of credit limits, usually 680 and above is going to get the job done. You know, so, you know, as long as your, your FICO bank card score or your FICO 8 or 9 score is above 680, you have pretty good chances of getting approved for these larger type of institution uh, credit cards with a, with a decent credit limit as, as a, compared to the, the subprime ones. Doesn't mean there's not any credit card companies that are out there that are doing 640, 660, 
um, there are, but uh, you know, in terms of being on the safe side and making sure you get a good approval, a good size limit with a reputable bank, 680 and above, I would say is gonna be the sweet spot when it comes to business credit cards or even just personal credit cards in general. Okay, so we basically unpacked the credit score minimums for mortgages, auto, and credit cards. And so in summary, 680 plus, it should cover pretty much just about every single product when it comes to credit cards, mortgages, and auto loans. Of course, with mortgages and auto, you can go down to 620, uh, FICO, FICO mortgage or FICO auto. And when it comes to credit cards, about FICO uh, eight or nine score, you know, you wanna be, you know, 680 plus. Um, so really 680 should be your goal. Um, and now let's kind of take a look at, you know, where, how long could it take you to get to a 620 or to a 680, depending on where you're at. And I've kind of broken this down just based on, you know, averages and past experiences. And so I kind of help you project roughly how long it may take to get your current score where it's at to a middle, you know, to a low to, to mid 600. So you can go and do the things that I'm, that I'm, that I'm talking about here. If your, your repaired goal in mind is to buy a house or get a car or get approved for credit cards. So on average, here's what I see. So consumers who have a credit score in a 500 to a 579 range with zero open revolving credit, like no open credit cards, no lines of credit, just basically zero open revolving credit. Um, I see those consumers, as long as they go through the proper channels of, of you know, disputing items on their credit report and building credit at the same time, maybe getting like a secured credit card from day one, I'm seeing on average about a three to six month time frame in order from someone to take the score from like a low to mid 500 to a low to mid 600. Of course, that's a, you know, all payments being paid on time, the credit card balance being low, and a good amount of progress made on removing any inaccurate damaging accounts from someone's credit report. Consumers that have a score range from 580 to about 599, also with zero open credit, that time frame can actually be a little bit shorter to reach that low to mid 600 range. In fact, uh, someone with about a 580, 599 score somewhere in there with zero, zero uh, open credit as well, if that individual were to get a secured credit card from day one and maybe get a couple items removed from the report that are negative, usually within about a one to three month time frame, I'm seeing those consumers reach about a, about a you know low to mid, maybe even a high in some cases, a 600 score, which you know remember earlier that's you know usually gonna be good good enough for a mortgage, an auto, and maybe a couple of uh, credit cards. And then with consumers that have credit scores less than 500, usually there's gonna be some evidence of some recent late payment activity. It may be six months old or maybe a year old, or it could be fairly recent if it's like a lower 400 score. But there's like a lot of recent late payment activity. That's probably gonna be a much of a longer process to get to a, to a low to mid 600 credit score. It's probably gonna be closer to like a six to, to 12 month kind of time frame, maybe even more like a nine to 12 month time frame because your credit needs time to rebuild and heal from all those recent late payments that just occurred. So, you know, because it's so recent, it's gonna, it's gonna take some time to kind of bounce back. A lot of people believe that if they had a late payment, but then they pay the account off the following month or started paying on time that all of a sudden the score is gonna go, go right back up and it's just not the case. 
So that kind of gives you an idea. If, if your scores fall in any of those ranges where you're starting, it's gonna take some time, which I'm gonna dive into why it takes some time, especially when you're building credit and disputing accounts, because that ties into the timeframes that I just mentioned. So now let's talk about disputing, because that's gonna take some time. Um, and that ties into you know how much time is gonna be needed to, to get you to the result. So let's break down the disputing timeframe a little bit further and why it takes a while. So when you, when you mail out dispute correspondence to the bureaus, um, which is Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, it could take about three to five days for the mailed correspondence to, to, you know, to arrive at each of the facilities, you know, mail receiving, you know, part of the, 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 the building. And, you know, to allow for just, you know, USPS, you know, mail time. And it could take about a day for day or two for your dispute to be, you know, opened, processed, uploaded, all that good stuff. I give it about a day or two for each bureau to, to do what they need to do to get the dispute entered in and, and then forward it over to the right data of, of, of furniture there. And uh, then it'll probably from that point take about 28 days to fully investigate and for the investigation to be completed. Um, and then for them to complete the investigation and respond back by mail with the results of the investigation, as well as with an updated credit report, um, I would say allow another three to five days for the mail correspondence to arrive back. So you're taking about 30 days for the investigation and about six to 10 days for mail delivery. So you're looking about 36 to about 40 days per dispute cycle to kind of know what happened with the, you know, with the results, with the investigation and what you need to do next. Now, if you dispute online, it does take that, the three to five day mail time, it does take that out of the equation, but you still are gonna be at the mercy of the allotted 30 day investigation period that they do have to you know, pro, you know, do a proper investigation and you know, get back to you, the consumer, with the results of their investigation. So doing an online dispute, you know, while it may save some time on the mail um, back and forth, it will you know, obviously cut that out of the equation, but you're still gonna have to wait about 30 days for that investigation to be done and over with. May not take as long, but you know, the federal law does give them up to 30 days to be able to, to investigate the account. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking at on the dispute time. Um, now let's look into credit building time. And so while you're disputing items on your credit report, you want to be building credit in the process. And so to build credit, I mean, it takes some time to get the secured credit card activated for it to obviously arrive in your mailbox for you to use it and then for them to hit their first reporting cycle. So it could be about a good 30 to 45 days until the secured credit card begins to report. And then you want to you do want to have about at least six months of reporting history with that secured credit card to really get maximum benefit. And so when you combine that with the dispute cycle, remember it takes about 30 to about, you know, 40 days for your normal dispute cycle. And, you know, and you don't want to just, just dispute one item at a time. You want to, you know, dispute as many as possible because doing one at a time can really make the process take a lot longer. You can dispute multiple accounts on your, on your credit report, you know, at, at one time, but not everything is going to get removed right away. Sometimes you may have to go back and forth with the, with the credit bureau or even with that 
you know, data furnisher, which would be a debt collector or maybe a creditor, you have to go back and forth with them if they're not really understanding your dispute. So you do want to have a good reason for a dispute. And if it's not removed within the first month, but you still disagree with the outcome, you do believe the account is inaccurate for, you know, whatever reason, you do have a right as a consumer to request a reinvestigation. You just have to state your claim as to why you still believe it is inaccurate or why the investigation was, you know, you know, why it was not done correctly in your opinion. And so, you know, you you want to plan on going kind of back and forth here with the reporting agencies and with the debt collectors. I would say kind of count on a good three to six months of going back and forth and dealing with the reporting agencies and the bureau. So when you combine the dispute process, when you combine credit building strategies, you know, a good three to six months time frame is really what you're going to be looking at. Um, again, you kind of have that along with the score minimums. So maybe, you, you know, it's kind of what comes first. If that score that we talked about comes first, you know, while you're going through the dispute process and credit building process, then maybe it won't take three to six months. Maybe it won't take six months. Maybe you hit that sooner. Um, and it's kind of hard for me to engage with you personally because every credit report is different. I'm really just speaking from a, you know, a, a general point of view of, in my opinion and past experiences, what do I typically see? So now we talked about the dispute process. We talked about you know, the score requirement and roughly how long it may take to meet certain score uh, minimums. Let's talk about the last thing that could get in the way and could maybe make the process a little bit longer than it, than it needs to be, which is really gonna be your personal life. So when it comes to your personal life, this is where it can be a little tricky. This is where discipline has to really set in because when it comes to repairing your own credit, you really have to be on top of the process. So what I mean by that is you're making sure you're getting your dispute letters out on time, not not waiting on it, not sitting on things, getting them out, out the door to the bureaus or to the to the debt collectors agency, getting that done as fast as possible. Also being on top of when the bureaus respond back, because when they respond back or when that debt collector responds back, you want to obviously stay on top of it. You want to read what their response is. You want to notate what the outcomes are and you want to have your response ready to go, depending on what needs to get done. And a helpful thing I would say is you don't have to like change your entire life to, you know, just become a credit expert or be on top of your credit. If you just carve out a good 30 minutes once per month, you know, maybe you're super busy during the week. Maybe, you know, you got, you got work, you got kids, a lot of things going on during the week and you don't have a lot of time to dedicate to your credit, you know, on a weekly basis, but maybe carving out a good 30 minutes on a weekend and you know just kind of maybe at the end of every month right depending on when you start your repair process but you know just you know carving out a good 30 minutes opening up all your mail looking at all the responses looking at an updated credit report and then and, and basically figuring out what your response should be to certain things a good 30 minutes once per month should take care of it you don't really need to spend hours or an entire day on it a good 30 minutes of undivided attention you know on your on your credit report and on the result is really going to help you stay on top of it and, and to ensure that you know things are continuing to move forward with you and really combat any potential procrastination that may set in um, so as long as you don't procrastinate and you really discipline yourself to take a look at your credit report, take a look at the responses, you know, at least once per month for about 30 minutes, this process could go pretty normal for you. You know, by normal meaning three months, six months, maybe even nine months tops, if you know, depending on where you're starting, what your score uh, end goal is, 
but a good three to nine months, a lot can be accomplished for you credit score wise to where, you know, you're in a better position. You know, you've done what you can to improve your credit. Um, and if you're building credit in the process as well, that's really going to help it as well. So as long as you're on top of it, if you're repairing it on your own and not, you know, not procrastinating, not, not letting things go too long, you should have, you know, you should see some pretty good progress. And, and you don't have to wait even three months to see the beginning stages of progress. You'll see progress your first month, second month. But, you know, in terms of seeing really good enough progress to be able to go and do things like buy a house, get a good interest rate on a car, get approved for credit cards, anywhere between three and possibly nine months, somewhere right in there, you should be able to, you know, to go and, and do those. Hey guys, you've been listening to the Credit Agents Podcast. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the content, give us a like, maybe a comment, and please, please, please share this podcast around. Thank you so much for listening.